the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to our year-end edition of Unite IE Radio, and against all odds, it's been a fantastic year, and we are still on the air. What are the what were the odds of that at the beginning last January? I don't know. I don't know what the odds makers in Vegas would say about us continuing to uh, occupy this four o'clock slot on Saturday every week. But I have to say, Greg. I do look forward every week to the time that we spend together here in order to uh, create this show for the benefit of our listeners here in the Inland Empire. It's been a pleasure. Uh, I love working with you on this. You are a uh, ex- extraordinary uh, wealth of information and uh, quotes, and I look forward to another year, 2018. You read that just like I wrote it, and just like the true radio professional that you are. I'll take the $20 as soon as we're off the air. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. And the, and the feeling is the same on my side. I, I enjoy this every week, take the time out of my day to come over here, and it's great working with you, and uh, hopefully our listeners out there, as many as they are, will are enjoying the product. And, and I, I get this, is people in different contexts I, I, you're on the radio. I listen to your show, and that's how we you get that kind of feedback. Even people, you know, remember, uh, judges, uh, other attorneys, people you meet in other contexts are, are listening to the show. Other activists, and uh, I would encourage you, if you like this show, go to UniteIEradio. I mean, I'm sorry, UniteIE.com. Learn more about our coalition of conservative groups throughout the, Calif- throughout the uh, Inland Empire. And uh, become a part of us. If you have not already uh, plugged into a group, uh, gotten uh, some of your frustrations out about what's going on in California, uh, out, good place to do that is in one of the many groups that make up the coalition. Well, sure. And it is, uh, I said way before Donald Trump got the nomination, that the easy part of the process of making America great again was getting the nomination. The second easiest or hardest part was winning the election, and that was, we saw how difficult that was, and he barely won by about 100,000 votes in three states. And the hardest part is what we're in now, is actually doing it over the determined opposition of the entire establishment, the Democrat Party, the mainstream media, big, a lot of big businesses, although some of them are happy about the, the tax bill. Academia. A lot of Republicans. Continue. The bureaucracy, and one of the most disturbing developments of the entire year was to see how corrupted and politicized the FBI, the Department of Justice, and the intelligence agencies have become under Barack Obama. It really is. Beginning with uh, a greater understanding of how things unfolded, really, during the campaign season during 2016, and now how that's being exposed. And you're right. There, there was a there's a growing sense that the media that the swamp, 
i.e., you know, the management, the leadership of the Department of Justice, which we know is corrupted by Barack Obama, you know, bringing in Eric Holder, turning the Department of Justice into a lever to institute progressive policies throughout the government, throughout the country, uh, the FBI, weaponizing the IRS, weaponizing other departments of, uh, you know, the his, his greatest, uh, his belief of... Climate change, man-caused climate change, using uh, various departments in order to institute that agenda. All that is in the process of being on one. And we saw how uh, deep those uh, those uh, layers of appointments and hires go that are have their allegiance to this. Sure. And climate change, it's a hoax. It's intended to advance leftist policies of uh, government control over the economy, reduce standard of living, less freedom, less self-government. But that's a leg- okay. That's that's an area of policy. In Obama one, he tries to run his policy as far as he can. What I find is most disturbing is when you have these law enforcement agencies that are now siding with one political party that they are conspiring against the presidential candidate of the opposite party before he's elected and then after. And equally disturbing is that the Democrats are so focused on their hatred of Donald Trump and advancing their political cause that they can't step back and see what a threat to the republic that poses. When you have these powerful agencies, the intelligence agencies and the federal law enforcement agencies that are no longer or not just protectors of the republic, but they are a threat to the republic as they become weapons of one political party, the Democrat Party. And that's not gotten the attention and concern that it deserves. And they think they know better. But I want to get back to your point about, you know, getting Trump nominated, elected, uh, now, you know, going through the various different things we have to go through in order to roll this back. Our biggest task in front of us, of course, is dealing right here in our home state, in our home communities, dealing with the progressive machine that is that the Democratic Party has become. Uh, you know, what what do we do? what we need to do in order to keep that pressure up in California, because if if it's allowed to metastasize further in California, we know what effect that's going to have across the country. So we're really the first line of defense now in instituting the mega agenda. I sort of see us here as we're, we're waging a guerrilla war behind enemy lines and whether there's a, how, how great the prospect of overthrowing through the electoral process, Democrat rule here in California. I'm not sure, but there actually are, and they will get to this, uh, is there's actually some encouraging poll results that suggest maybe, just maybe, the Republicans have a chance if they don't screw it up. Very good. Well, we got a whole list of things we want to get through. Trump's accomplishments, his war versus the media and the swamp, uh, you know, his various foreign policy accomplishments this year. Uh, what's happened inside of California in terms of uh, the things that we're dealing with here? This the big news of the of the year, uh, the sexual misconduct uh, news, the hashtag me too that has literally swept entertainment the world of politics uh, and private business as well. And then maybe, um, you know, we'll have time at the end to talk about what we see setting up for next year and what some of those uh, battles are. But let's take a break, uh, hear from our sponsors for the first half hour, and then we'll dig in on the other side. 
Time for a word from Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. Back after this. Hey, Larry Elder here. Now, if you're a homeowner thinking about refinancing or you'd like to be a homeowner and aren't sure where to start, call my friend Ed Hoffman at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Rates are great right now, and from what Ed tells me, there are a lot of great opportunities out there in real estate. You need a lender you can count on, and I can vouch for Ed. He'll deal with you straight and advise you like you're part of the family. Just give Ed a call at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. I know Ed. He's a good guy. He'll talk to you like a friend and won't make you feel like you've just walked into a shark tank. Now's the time to buy or refinance. Give my friend Ed Hoffman a call at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Again, 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or visit him online, wccloans.com. 855-640-2020. AM 590, the answer. This is Assemblywoman Melissa Melendez urging you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to the United England Empire Radio Program, where we're today, the last program, the last show of the year. Uh, we want to go through a, a kind of a retrospective of 2017, and I can't think of a better place to start than kind of ticking off a few of the high points of Donald Trump's accomplishments throughout the year. And I think I want to give deference to uh, the legal side of things. Uh, you're pretty uh, up to speed on uh, some of these appointments, particularly, obviously, we can start at the top with the appointment of a spectacular uh Supreme Court Justice and Neil Gorsuch. And I think that this one has probably confounded the never Trumpers the most. The people that thought that Donald Trump was going to come in and be a national populist, whatever that kind of president. He was really a Democrat. He's really a liberal. He's not going to appoint conservative justices. Yeah, I've seen those. I've encountered those people. And even Ben Shapiro was forced in National Review this last week to write an article saying, hey, Maybe we were wrong about this guy, Trump. He's governing very differently than we thought candidate Trump was going to govern. Well, so that some of you, I mean, I I was confident he was going to follow through on this. Uh, he made a specific promise that here's my list of, of I'm going to draw my Supreme Court nominees from this list. Right. And that list was very well received by these same conservatives that were doubting Donald Trump. And he's thus far fulfilled that, and conservative legal scholars are very happy with his appointments, the Democrats have been doing everything they can to delay his appointments to the judiciary and to the sub-cabinet positions, even though the Democrats have changed the filibuster rules so they can't filibuster it now. They still, under the Senate rules, can do 30 hours of debate for every nominee, and when the Senate only works usually three days a week, when when they're in town at all... They've really been able to gum up the works, and the Republicans have let them gum up the works. Nevertheless, it gives some credit there, is they have now confirmed 12 federal appellate nominees, and that's the most in the first year for any president. And that's, and that's very important because the vast majority of cases never make it to the Supreme Court. Isn't that incredible? They end in the federal appellate courts. Right. So having... Up to before, before Donald Trump got in, 
is there were solid Democrat majorities in almost all of the districts of the federal appellate court. And we're now beginning to Re- th- remake to that. change that. So that's that's got to be one of his greatest one of his greatest accomplishments. And then, of course, the tax bill. Right. The second greatest accomplishment is that he finally got through, after 30 years, the most sweeping tax reform uh, that's ever been seen. Now, as sweeping as it was, it's never going to get close enough to what I envision our tax you know, system to be, which is get rid of the IRS, allow us to do our taxes on a small postcard and be done with it uh, with no deference to any special interests. Just here's your here's your income. Here's your tax. Pay it, you're done. Well, I also favor a, a flat rate tax would, yep. be, would, would be the ideal solution, but this is probably the best uh, Washington camel they can come up with, the old adage that a camel is a horse designed by committee. And they had to get that through the House and then the Senate where there was a very narrow margin. You got some liberal Republican senators like McCain and Mikowski and Collins and some others. And you had to get all of them, or almost all of them, on board with that tax bill. So that may have been the best they could do. But yeah, there's certainly room for, for improvement. But as, uh, as Tom DelBacaro, who was on last week, was pointing out, this is going to be a great economic incentive for the economy. And he's expecting growth of 4 to 5% next year. And it's already almost at four, according to the New York Fed estimate for fourth quarter. And the tax bill has not even come into effect. And along the way, as Donald Trump has been doing various different things to institute his uh, campaign promises, as well as to implement his agenda, one of the things that continues to, uh, I think, amaze me is the degree to which the left is willing to oppose very uh, common sense reforms, particularly in the tax code, the, the, what Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer has set the Democratic Party up for in 2018, I think, could be a stunning uh, swamping, if you will, of their boat, capsizing of the because what do they stand for, Greg? I mean, here they here they are. They're standing against, you know, tax cuts for the middle class. They're standing against common sense economics, which is. If businesses are doing better, they're going to hire more people. So, so much of this, you know. The Democrats were afraid that the tax bill is going to work, not right. that, it won't, not, not that it won't work. I agree. So, you know, there's there's that aspect of what we have to expect in 2018, which is the midterms. But we're getting I'm getting us out of order by bringing that up. So the tax reform bill, great thing. And incorporated in the tax reform bill are two things, uh, you know, an energy policy, which is the drilling in Anwar, which is a part of his uh, what he revealed, which I think from a national security perspective is a very robust national security strategy. And that calls for energy independence and a strong economy. Right. And that serves both interests because as we need less oil from foreign countries, often hostile to us or potentially hostile to us, that uh, reduces the price, that reduces the amount of money that they get. If we can have, but we have the potential of being an energy exporting country, again, more economic benefit for our people and undermines those same countries, potentially even including Russia, because Europe is very dependent on Russian natural gas. We could supply that. Right. And we can supply, you know, all of, we could make ourselves energy independent, which goes a long way to shoring up our 
foreign policy and our national security. So that, and then of course, within the tax code also was the repeal of the individual mandate. So with uh, one fell, with one signature, we shored up our energy, we're doing, we got tax reform, and then the repeal of the mandate. Right, and as it should be noted that currently 7.5 million Americans are paying a penalty right. or a tax, depending on which side of the mouth the Democrats are talking of at the moment, instead of paying and buying crappy Obamacare insurance. Expensive. That, that they can't use as high deductibles and restricted networks. Those people will not, and most of those people make less than $50,000 a year. Now, there's one thing I'm interested to wind up this segment with accomplishments and to get your input. Donald Trump talked about how he's had a busy first year and a successful first year and that he signed more bills into law than any other president. And GovTrack, uh, GovTrackInsider.com came out with a graph showing uh, in the first 336 days through December 21st, effectively, Trump actually had the least number of bills signed into law, somewhere under under 100. And going back to Eisenhower, every president has had more bills signed into law, with the biggest being Kennedy up near 700 but with obama not much more ahead than trump uh at somewhere it looks like from the graph i don't know the exact number but it looks like right around 120 so what are your thoughts on his his comments about his successful first year from that perspective well you have to look at also what was done and what could be done so what most a lot of those bills are things to roll back obama regulations and that's part of the reason why you have an accelerating economic growth and more jobs and higher incomes this year, and increased economic, increased consumer and business economic optimism. So that was, so we reckon during Ronald Reagan, it was those two things. It was to eliminate unnecessary regulation, which is a vast cost, and that's the cost of, of, of federal regulations to the economy is approximately two trillion dollars a year out of an economy of approximately seventeen trillion dollars. So you reduce that burden, reduce the tax rate. That's what Ronald Reagan did, and that set off a tremendous economic boom that created 20 million jobs and increasing wages and increasing economic benefit for business. Yeah, the, the, same. Stri- he's, 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 we talked last week. He has a Reagan-esque foreign policy strategy, and he has a Reagan-esque economic strategy. Yeah, Trump came into office promising to slash two existing regs for each new one his administration enacts. The president has since said the White House beat its goal by a lot this year. Officials canceled or delayed more than 1,500 regulations in the first 11 months. The administration has said Trump ultimately cut 22 regulations for each new one enacted this year, saving taxpayers billions of dollars. Sounds good to me. Sounds great to me. Especially compared to the alternative we had. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Uh, Perish the thought of a Hillary Clinton. We would never have known the degree to which the swamp was covering for Hillary Clinton uh, last year as they buried uh, or attempted to bury everything that she was doing. Ultimately, she was the real colluder with Russia. We'll get into that perhaps in the second half hour of the show. We're going to break for a a word from our sponsor, come back with more of Trump versus the media versus the swamp and Trump accomplishments as we wrap up 2017. After another word from Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation and host of the main event, which airs every weekend here on AM 590 The Answer. 
I'm proud to be a part of the effort to make America great again, not just by supporting this station and conservative movement, but also by helping people achieve the American dream of homeownership. Whether you're looking to achieve that dream and you need financing, or you already own a home and you're considering refinancing your mortgage in order to lower your payment, shorten your term, or pay off high-interest debt, or if you're over 62 and want to look into that great financing tool known as a reverse mortgage, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, toll-free day or night, 855-640-2020. I'll give you all your options, answer all your questions, and walk you through the process. And don't forget to listen to my show, The Main Event. Saturdays at 10 a.m. and 9 p.m. Sundays at 8 a.m. right here on AM 590, The Answer. Licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate. Broker license number 01147747. And California Finance Lenders license number 603K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions. MB number 096199. AM 590, The Answer. Donald Trump opened up his presidency in his inaugural address saying, among other things, every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. No wonder they don't like him in Washington. (laughs) Yeah, he uh, definitely took the focus and the uh, power. He's taking power away from uh, the swamp, from the lobbyists, from the people in Washington, D.C., Uh, returning some of it, along with some money, uh, to us. But one of the big areas that Donald Trump has been, I think, a pleasant surprise is in the area of foreign policy. And I can't think of a better place to start than the one that he wound up the end of the year with, which was moving the embassy from uh, Tel Aviv to Jerusalem in a sovereign act of the United States, naming Jerusalem and recognizing Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, something that was done in legislation back in 1995 by the U.S. And in slightly nicer diplomatic language, telling the U.N. what they can do with their opinion of that. Yeah, and I think what we've all seen is the capital of a U.N. ambassador from the U.S., Nikki Haley, who has been the biggest surprise, I think, of the entire Trump administration, don't you? Well, she's she's one of them. She's, she's been a great appointee uh, up there, and for the, at least for the most part, and... Um, She's been, you know, even when you're hearing talk of a possible uh, presidential candidate at some point. Present, yes. Present herself very, very well. But Trump's accomplishments domestically are also, I think, in part matched in foreign policy. First and foremost being that the ISIS caliphate has already lost 98% of the territory it once held. And virtually the same number of people from a, a troop size or size of roughly 45,000 jihadists down to what's estimated to be a thousand with pretty close to 11 uh the last uh, article i read of isis leaders that have been removed from the field of play they're off counting their virgins or whatever it is they do in paradise uh for fighting the jihad yeah they're almost back to being the jv team Exactly. Well, I think even the fresh soft team or maybe even the little league team. Yeah, that is a reference to when Obama discounted ISIS. Oh, they're just the JV team. Well, yeah. And and that's that's a bridge between foreign policy and military policy. It's hard sometimes to separate the two. But if we were to look at, uh, you know, some of the other foreign policy accomplishments of Donald Trump, I think the biggest thing is that he's restored confidence in and respect for America. Now, if you were to ask someone from the left, how 
the world views America, they would see it very differently. They think that the United States has taken a hit in terms of its respect worldwide. Certainly, and in, in, in most of Europe, other than some of the uh, Central European countries like Poland, Hungary, Czech Republic, uh, he has a very, Donald Trump has a very negative opinion because those people are much further to the left as a population than they are here. But on the, on the positive side, he has improved our relations with Israel. And which were in a terrible state under Obama because Obama really didn't like Israel. But at the same time, he's improved relations with our traditional Arab allies, including Jordan, Egypt, and Saudi Arabia. Those nations are almost in an unspoken de facto alliance with each other now against Iran. And a, and a, and a, a, a remainder of the Obama administration, which is the Iran nuclear deal, which literally set a dynamic up in the Middle East where you had the, the Shia of Iran opposed to the Sunni in a variety of these different countries, Saudi Arabia being the biggest. We have a very volatile situation which has been set up there. That was one of the first trips he took was to the Middle East to visit with Saudi Arabia, restore that relationship, uh, especially in light of the fact that there's this new geopolitical dynamic that has uh, been created as a result of this nuclear agreement. And he decertified that nuclear agreement, which is, which is a good first step to ultimately getting rid of it. And we see what happened. We don't have time to discuss North Korea, but North Korea has nuclear weapons because of Bill Clinton's nuclear agreement with North Korea and Obama's agreement with Iran, if left in place, will have the same effect. Iran will have nuclear weapons and will pose a grave threat to our friends and to us. Traveled to Poland and on to Germany for the G20 agreement where he pushed again for the funding of women entrepreneurs and he got us out of the Paris climate change agreement. That's a big deal. Again, compared to the alternative. Absolutely. All right, we're going to come back with uh, some fun about Trump versus the media and Trump versus the swamp. Uh, Some of Greg and mine's personal highlights of how Trump became combative and focused on demonizing and uh, putting the media in their place, I should say. Back after this message and break. Welcome back to the United Inland Empire radio program, the radio show for the most important political office, that of private citizen. And we need more private citizens to pick up the mantle in 2018 because the midterms are right around, literally right around the corner. And there's a lot of very important races right here in the Inland Empire uh, that we need to be focused on. And the swamp is certainly not going away or letting up in any way its determined resistance of the Maka cause. Absolutely. Well, nowhere, I think, in the first year of Trump's uh, administration is the swamp and the pushback more evident than in the relationship that he has with the media. And one of the things I think that he did, whether he did it on purpose or not, I'm not really sure, Greg. But I got to say that he skillfully implemented uh, a tool that the left loves to use, which is Sololinsky's Rules for Radicals. Ridicule. And he did that in spades. He ridiculed, he isolated a, a target, not the entire, he didn't take on the entire media, but he isolated CNN. And in particular, one of the more outspoken uh, progressives with, uh, at CNN, the White House correspondent for CNN, 
Jim Acosta very early on isolated him and in and and imbued him or imbued what do I what's the right word there he, he with the title of fake news and I think that's real that that happened in 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 President Elect's uh, Donald Trump's very first. Uh, news conference in the new year, January 12th. This audio clip is from uh, that news conference where Donald Trump labels Jim Acosta and CNN as fake news. Mr. President-elect, go ahead. President-elect, since you are attacking no, our news not organization, you. Not can you. you give us a chance? You are attacking our news organization. Can you give us a chance to ask a question, sir? Go ahead. Sir, can you stay? Mr. President-elect, go ahead. Can you say categorically? Mr. President-elect, can you give us a question? Don't be rude. You're attacking us. Can you give us a question? Don't be rude. Can you give us a question? I'm not going to give you a question. Can you stay categorically? You are fake news. Sir, can you stay categorically that nobody... No, Mr. President-elect, that's not appropriate. Well, I guess it's up to him to decide what's appropriate and not Jim Acosta, because Jim Acosta certainly does a lot that's not appropriate. Yeah. No other Republican could do that or would do that. They would cower. They would, oh, they would, they would be deferential to the media who are their, who are their sworn political enemies. There is no, there, there's not, there, there isn't, there's very little journalism left in the mainstream media. Occasionally you'll see, a, you'll see something, but it's, it's, they are, they are partisan advocates for the Democrat Party, and for the leftist cause. 95% of the coverage in 2017, by some estimates, about Donald Trump was negative from the mainstream media players like ABC, CBS, NBC, as well as the cable news networks, uh, well, specifically the cable news, CNN, and MSNBC. There's also then what they don't cover. They don't cover the, the corruption of the Mueller investigation. They don't cover evidence about Hillary Clinton. They don't. They, they, they don't cover those things. Hardly even if you watch them. I think you would think ISIS is still a threat. They are in some respects because now you've got this uh, situation where a lot of these fi- uh, fighters, the jihadists, have left the battlefield. They're never turned, never turned back. Theaters. They never turned back to their own, their home countries. And we had a devastating terror attack that ISIS claims responsibility for in Kabul this week, where they targeted a Shia community center, resulting in the death of women and children. Um, but at any rate, uh, this this you war- know, if they weren't part of the religion of peace, we could be in big trouble. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This 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 war on the this uh, uh, what Donald Trump one of the biggest accomplishments I think that the Donald Trump admi- uh, presidency and administration has accomplished is literally peeling back the cover that kept uh, America in the dark about what corruption and 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 horrible uh, you know this this swamp within D.C. He has exposed it. And they're running, literally running for cover now. Well, I think they've they've just been, they've been driven insane. They cannot they, Trump they, derangement syndrome. Trump, is, Trump derangement syndrome. It should be recognized by the psychiatric association now. That and, and it's going to the point of they're they're hurting their own cause. They are so over the top. They are so over the top in their anti-Trump, in their hatred, and their anti-Trump stories that they lose effectiveness. Walter Cronkite was, as you've now known later, was a very far leftist person. But because he played it more to the center, he kept that cover. You really wouldn't know that. Right. Is that he was much more effective for that. And you have these institutions. The media is one of them. You have entertainment. You have the educational system. You have the universities and the foundations that the left has taken control of. 
And what we've done in media is develop our own alternative institutions, and we've undermined them, the, main, the traditional mainstream media. And Donald Trump has been doing this, and that's to, to, to diminish that, in, that core in liberal leftist institution is a big deal. And maybe, and maybe one of the biggest deals, one of those things that he's actually accomplished. Now, we still have to, for the future of the country, deal with these other institutions and, in my view, need to employ the same strategy. Develop our own alternatives and undermine the existing institutions which have been corrupted by the left. Pew Research has a, uh, a new study out that's uh, published in uh, the Washington Examiner, it's dated uh, Thursday, December 28th. You may want to get a copy of this because it's very revealing if we're talking about the media. The title is Trump Media Three Times More Negative Than for Obama, Just 5% Positive. So here's a study of the uh, first 60 days of uh, coverage by the media for Donald Trump, 62% negative, Barack Obama, 20% negative, Bush, 28% negative, and Clinton, 28% negative. So we've got statistical data that shows this adversarial relationship between the media and Donald Trump. And I think in a large part in the first 60 days, because they were still going through withdrawal, uh, that they were going to have to deal with the Donald Trump presidency. If you saw their faces, of course, on election night, that was basically the writing on the wall for them. First of all, I mean, they hate Donald Trump because he's disrupting the swamp and he's disrupting their, their political plans. But, but even more than that is he fights back. Unlike previous Republican presidents whose response to media, unfair media attacks was, thank you, may I please have another, Donald Trump fights back. He does. And he's got some people in his administration that fight back when the travel ban. One of my favorite interactions between the Trump administration and the media was when one of the travel bans was being challenged. And Stephen Miller, his speechwriter, who, by the way, I got to say, another accomplishment of Donald Trump throughout the year has been the progression into a very statesmanlike delivery of his speeches. Remember back in April of 2016 when he came out with one of his first foreign policy speeches, I trimmed that up to be roughly 18 minutes out of a 45-minute speech of salient points after ca- carving out all the Donald Trumpisms. This his his foreign policy speech he delivered just before Christmas was tremendous. But when the travel ban was being challenged, Stephen Miller came out to answer questions about the travel ban. And this is just a sample of the interaction that Stephen Miller had with Jim Acosta. They do it through a lot of hard work. And yes, they may learn English as a second language later on in life. So, but, but this, whole, this whole notion of, well, they could learn, you know, they have to learn English before they get to the United States. Are we just going to bring in people from Great Britain and Australia? Jim, it's actually, I have to honestly say, I am shocked at your statement that you think that only people from Great Britain and Australia would know English. It's actually, it reveals your cosmopolitan uh, bias to a shocking degree that in your mind, no, this is an amazing, this is an amazing moment. This is an amazing moment that you think only people from Great Britain or Australia would speak English is so insulting to millions of hardworking immigrants who do speak English from all over the world. Jim, have you honestly, Jim, have you honestly never met a an immigrant from another country who speaks English outside of Great Britain and Australia is that your personal experience? Of course, there are people who come. But that's not what you said. 
And it goes on from there. It's a great interaction. I think it's about 20 minutes long, actually. But now, Stephen Miller is, a, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a one of his great appointments. He has some others that are not so quite so great. But I want to make an, an important point about the media and Donald Trump. For more than a year now, the Democrats and the media have been lying about Trump and Russia when all the collusion was between Hillary Clinton and Russia. But let's see the effect of that. Did a poll. Is it likely that Trump advisors had improper dealings with Russia? Now, mind you, there is zero, nada, no evidence of that. But overall, 67% say yes, there was, including 92% of Democrats, 63% of independents, and 43% of Republicans, thereby showing that Hitler and Lenin were right. That if if you repeat a lie often enough, people will begin to believe it. So the battle against the media and the swamp goes on, and this illustrates that effect. And you have to wonder what, what, how that plays into some of Donald Trump's poll numbers, which are up, by the way. You were just looking at a story there on the screen that there are, his, his approval is up now to 46%. When you have that kind of negative coverage and you have this kind of lying about him, that, that is anyone that bears a toll, and any Republican other than Donald Trump would be politically dead now. There's an important twist to that poll, and we'll cover that when we come back after this break from our sponsor for this half hour. All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident, because they are truly the kings of wreck and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4 o'clock on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. You just left us hanging down in the, at the last, the last segment about some further comments on the, uh, on the polling data. Yeah, well, this is a very important poll. It's just come out. It's a Rasmussen poll. It was featured on the cover of Drudge on Thursday uh, that Donald Trump has a 46% approval rating, a 53% disapproval rating. Well, the interesting thing about that uh, Rasmussen poll is that is exactly what Obama had at the end of his first year. And after everything that we've talked about regarding the media, regarding the swamp, regarding the Democrats, just continually beating on him and beating on him versus the environment that Obama had, essentially a very easy environment, to, to, to For both of these presidents to finish with the exact same poll numbers, to me, says Donald Trump may be on the cusp of an upswing in his polling numbers, um, I, I'm guessing, because I don't see how... First of all, I don't see the media... I think the battle between Trump and the media is going to intensify. If I was to look forward into 2018, I don't see that going away. Oh, no, the whole battle, everything is going to intensify as you get closer to the right. election, as he becomes more successful, the swamp and the and the stat and the the ruling class will become more desperate in their efforts. And I think one of the stories we didn't mention, but I think one of the most underreported is that the Democrats had offered, we know, at least two of the women 
they made it to make accusations. One that actually made accusations because Donald Trump, she got $30,000. And they offered another woman $750,000 to make accusations against Donald Trump. And she passed on that. So that's how, so you're going to see more and more of that. That's the level of opposition to him. Well, you know what? This is an interesting segue because one of the one of the big news stories of 2017, of course, was you know the uh, sexual harassment, sexual intimidation uh, stories that occurred that s- literally swept through the political world, set the media world on fire, and I think the zero mark, of course, is Harvey Weinstein. That's the big mark. You know, obviously, there's stories that emerged back, you know, before the election with the Billy Bush story and the entertainment. Uh, what was it? Enter- I don't want to say Entertainment Tonight. That's not right. Yeah, whatever, whatever show it was, right? Where Donald Trump made was, those offhanded comments, was which, talking about something, was talking about it, right? So fast forward into the middle of 2017. Harvey Weinstein is is a media mogul pictured with all sorts of Democrats, fundraisers, and so forth. He he ends up falling. And the the entire political world is strapped. We've got senators that are forced to resign, uh, House of Representative members that are forced to resign, um, members of the California legislature. And that's the segue into California. And you know what? As we as we want to get into some things that have have happened in California, but I think another important story, and I just want to mention this, of course, is the shooting that occurred that injured uh, Representative Steve Calise is a is a tip of the spear of what the media and the entertainment industry set up for Donald Trump as they continued to picture him uh, as an assassination target between Kathy Griffin with the severed head, the the, the uh, production of Caesar in New York where they assassinated a Trump, you know, an actor dressed up like Trump. They're stoking their base with white hot hatred of Donald Trump. Exactly. Irrational hatred, and whether it's a, an unintentional or intentional byproduct of this, is the marginals, the people that already have, that already have some mental problems, they get pushed over the over the line into committing violence. So the vast majority of political violence we've seen in 2017 is by these deranged leftists, or even even organized like the Antifa's, who are organized and paid for by money from the leftist Democrat side. That's where the violence is coming from. And the, 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 the guy who shot Scalise is an example of that. You, you, you push those marginal people over the edge and into violence by this type of language they keep using. And they almost the media almost excuses it as a result of, well, it's Trump and he's inviting all this. When in reality, if the shoe was on the other foot, if you had a, a, a Tea Party person that had taken out a Democrat in the first year of Obama's administration, that would have been wall-to-wall coverage for weeks. Absolutely. And you have the uh, Senator Rand Paul's leftist neighbor came over and attacked him and injured him. Yeah, that story kind of died, didn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that kind of died. And Senator Rand Paul, thankfully, back to work. So in California, we've got a unique set of situations that have set up. We've got some laws uh, that are continuing to push California in the direction of lawlessness with the sanctuary state law, SB 54. Uh, We've got uh, Orange County Sheriff that is now in the process of trying to deal with that as that takes effect on January 1st. And... uh vastly unpopular. There was a poll done even before the sanctuary state law that seven by the UC Berkeley of all places, bastion of California leftism, 
that 74% of Californians oppose sanctuary city policies. I understand we're not even necessarily talking about illegal immigration and the effects that has. We're talking about protecting. The Democrats are so in favor of illegal immigration. And they think the position in California is so unassailable that they can pass laws to protect criminal illegal immigrants. Well, Jerry Brown, just this week, uh, he pardoned two individuals that were Cambodian refugees that had a criminal record that would have uh, forced their uh, asylum uh, plea status, if you will, to be turned down and they would have been eligible to be shipped back over to Cambodia. He uh, gave them a pardon in order to keep them. That is to the extent. Now, obviously, I don't want to send two guys back to the Khmer Rouge or, you know, a similar sort where they're going well, to be persecuted. Well, Cambodia is a very different place now. Well, that's true. But the bottom line is this was a political stunt done by Brown. And this this speaks to the depths that they will stoop in order to demonize Donald Trump and Assert and protect their- and protect illegal immigrants, uh, but it's understandable because you know there there are some crimes that Americans won't commit, so we need to bring in some foreign criminals to commit them. Exactly right. Big uh, big news out about that narrative. Uh, Donald Trump uh, administration kept track of exactly the number of prisoners in the federal prison system, and there was a report that came out on December seventeenth that said twenty percent of the prisoners in the federal prison system, 20% of roughly 185,000 prisoners are illegal aliens in the federal prison system. And it's not just for being illegal, it's for crimes other than that. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back as we continue to wrap up 2017 after a word from our sponsor for this half hour. All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE, the radio show for the most important political office, that of private citizen. 2018, a very important year. It's an election year in California. We have a governor's race that's going to be decided. We've got primaries in, I think, June, if they don't try and move them. And then uh, a general election in November. You've got a very important event coming up, Greg. One of the first, I think, genuine head-to-head Republican debates of the two frontrunners in contending for the GOP nomination, if there can be one, in 2018. Right. The first debate between the two Republican governor candidates, John Cox and Travis Allen, will be at the Redlands Tea Party Patriots meeting on January 4. And we're very pleased to have them there. And it's a reflection not only of the hard work of 
our own activists, but of the, of the activists of the entire United I coalition, that those are candidates. They want to come for their first debate, not before some establishment Republican group, not before some mainstream media group. They're coming to us, to the grassroots, for their first debate. So we think that's both very significant, and we're very pleased uh, to host that. And you're going to be one of the, the panelists, Don. Very, very honored to be asked by you to be part of a three-person or four-person panel, I forget uh, what you... I'll be moderating, and then uh, there'll be three on the, on the panel asking questions, plus there'll be audience questions. Uh, we, expect, we expect a packed house, so look for your tickets on Eventbrite, because most of the tickets are going to be free, and we're going to pack people in, and there'll be two front-row seats of two front rows of front-row seats, and those we're asking $20 for. You're going to be right up front. We're going to record it for YouTube, and we're also going to be trying to Facebook Live the debate. So in multiple ways, you can uh, you can catch this debate and share that once it's up. Share it through all your, all your social media to help spread the word because our goals are twofold. One is to help make the case that after decades of corrupt, incompetent leftist Democrat government, California, the, the working men and women of California deserve, deserve and need a change. And second, to help people decide which of these two candidates can best lead that effort. And you can go to the Redlands Tea Party Patriots Facebook page, and I would assume that you're going to have a link right up there somewhere where folks can... Uh, that will be up there shortly. We, as you were just, you were just looking at, uh, we have a little uh, obituary for one of our leaders who just passed away, Henry Vanderlees. I just I mean, read I mean, that. I mean, I'm I mean, shocked. Miss, and we're certainly going to miss him. We appreciate everything he did for us. But yes, well, we're going to I look on Facebook for Redlands Tea Party Patriots. We're going to have that posted up there. Wow. Very uh, sad to hear. Rest in peace, uh, Henry. Very uh, important part of your group there. Sorry to hear about his passing. Yeah, us too. So, so we got 50, got 50 seconds to wrap up the rest of the California year. And nothing, <laughs> and, <laughs> there, were three, there were three tax increases passed right. th- this past year, none of which would have passed if all of the Republicans had voted no. And the most grievous and infamous one was the cap and trade tax right. that was passed in, in part because of Chad Mays and Mark Steinroth, two local assembly members, led the Republican delegation to provide enough votes to pass that that's going to raise gas taxes, gas prices, another 70 cents a gallon. And they're already the most expensive in the country. But thanks to the most recent gas tax increase that went into effect on November 1st, adding 12 cents uh, to the price of a gallon of gas and 20 cents to the price of a gallon of diesel. A lot of people still don't realize that those taxes went into place November 1st. So get out the word. There's there's an initiative. And in our last seconds here, there is an initiative, noonthegastax.com. You can download a two-signature petition, and that will repeal the gas tax and require a voter of approval for any future ones. And that's your assignment as an activist. It's been the Unite IE Radio Show here with you every week on Saturday at 4 o'clock. Back next week. Next year. And next year. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.